This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We all find comfort in different things. It may be simple. You enjoy listening to music, reading a book, or doing a crossword puzzle. But some people find comfort in things far more sinister. In the story of Anatoly Moskvin, he found comfort in the deceased. And for nine years, he would go about saving the abandoned. At least, that's what he convinced himself he was doing. I'm Nicole. I'm Ben. And this is Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Let's play a game. What's that? I open a can, you open a can, and we'll see if people can tell who opened the can. Ah, I was like just about to open it to you. Good timing. Okay. 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 So let's just pause. Okay. Reset. Reset. One of us has put a One can of us down. Is going to go first. Okay. <laughs> so that's option A, and this is option B. Which one was oh, which? Okay, I was, Can you guess? I was trying so hard. I didn't set myself Don't up give it properly. A, you, did, you could have done great or you there could have done no not great. There is no way that anyone did not get that. Yeah, but don't give it away just in case. <laughs> give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. What's up? How's it going? Oh, Anyway, I'm going to work on that. It's hard. Okay. I find it hard to do with the microphone in the way. Yeah, it's totally the microphone. 100%. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, welcome back to Wicked and Grim. Um, I think this is our 121st episode. Holy heck. Which is wild. That's amazing. And I haven't looked at our numbers for the previous, I don't know, month or so, but I do know we are coming up on 1 million downloads. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, technically we might have already hit it. I'm not too certain. We I don't think so. Out, eh? But it is coming up quick at least. We should. So that's cool. We have a lot of thank you to you guys for all that. So thank you. And of course, we have thank you to our patrons who oh, sign yeah. up on a weekly basis. We sure do. Which, super fun fact, signing up to Patreon gets you a uh, exclusive episode at the end of each month. And what's coming up? Uh, the end of the month. So literally <laughs> the day this episode comes out, an exclusive episode also comes out over on Patreon. So Amazing. the patrons are getting a double whammy today. Yeah. That happens more often than not, I feel like. It does. And it's honestly, really it's kind of annoying because we're like, yeah, we got to get this episode out. Shit. We also have a Patreon. Yeah, to get we out. have two episodes to get out. Like we actually just realized that on 
Sunday? On the weekend, yeah. Saturday? I don't yeah. even know. So I had to finish off the Patreon one uh, and it's all ready to go. We're going to record right after this. Boom. Yeah. Okay, um, let's we, thank them. And then I have some other thanks to do. Okay. The list of patrons we have to thank that signed up this week. We have Meadow Suzuki. Nice. Annalise Torres. Haley Lamp. Faith Thompson. Gabby Pino. And Lindsay. Perfect. That's all quite of a few. That's awesome. Thank all of you. you are supporting us over there. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. And we appreciate you guys being here, If you, even if you're not there. If you're just listening, that, that means the world. Thank it you. It does. Okay. We did a wicked box draw. We did. So we did two boxes. So one on Instagram and then every single Patreon just patron. Was, yeah. One on Instagram and Facebook. So patron. it was a combination. Yeah. They got one. Um, uh, yeah. Whenever I say Instagram, I mean both. They got one just automatically. And like the amount of comments that we got that were so kind, I didn't actually realize I needed that, but it actually brought me so much joy. Holy heck. Yeah. It made us feel really good. So some of the stuff that we didn't even realize you guys appreciated. Yeah. So we, we appreciated that a hundred percent. It was really cool to read. Um, I think some of the top ones, well, not cool. Carl was definitely a top. Yes. I think that was probably a number one, which I think we might actually do another giveaway for like a piece of merch. Cause we have not cool Carl merch now. We do. Which is really cool. And it's probably our coolest piece of merch or one of anyways. Yeah. So it's retro, right? Kinda? Yeah. It's got like the retro yeah. vibe. Yeah. And then the other one is in Embarrassing as it is, friggin' Donnelly's. <laughs> Episode five. Oh, I'm glad you guys enjoy that. I begged Ben. She did not want to upload that episode. I'm, I was no, like, it has we to have to redo this. Like, I'm sorry, but like, there's no way this is going up. And you're like, yep, it's going up. It was way too funny. <laughs> it was way too funny. So there, there was marital disputes over that episode <laughs> airing. I mean, that was what? My second episode. Yeah. And I was kind of nervous. I still get freaking nervous. I get nervous about everything in life. Yeah, but it, it's it's worked out pretty good. You do awesome. So. Yeah, it was. Just, it's funny. I'm glad we put it out there. A lot of people have found joy in that. So I guess that's something. <laughs> I think when we do have a new listener and they go back and start from episode one and they get to episode five, we pretty much always get a message. Oh, my God. The Donnelly's the orgasm thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was a funny mistake. Okay. Are we ready to roll? I think so. What do you got for us today? Okay, so today we're talking about Anatoly Moskvin. Sweet. Do you know who this is? I do only because of you telling me slight little things about him. Okay. If it wasn't for you saying anything, I would have had no clue. I've actually had this case on my list for quite a while. I'd probably say like a good year for some reason. Really? I haven't done it. I don't know oh, why. Wow. Well, I mean, we do have a lot of cases like that that are just sitting on our list waiting for one day, the right day. Well, yeah. And I write shit down in books and then I forget about the book and then I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Anatoly was born in Russia in 1966. He had a love for learning that started at a very young age. And to give you an idea just how smart he was, by the time he graduated from Moscow State University, Anatoly was fluent in 13 languages. Holy shit. That is beyond. That blows old, my mind. How old? Once he had graduated from university. Wow. So he's probably like maybe 20, 22, 25 top, something like that. Yeah. Because at that, not that you can't be older to graduate university. Don't get me wrong. It's just that era, usually they're quite young to graduate. Well, yeah. And I believe that he kind of went after high school went to university kind yeah. of thing there wasn't any breaks or anything but yeah that is mind-blowing to me that is wild 
I barely speak English and flatulence. <laughs> I know. I am going to add a second language one day. Um, but I cannot even imagine 13. There's just no way. There's a, no way. That's wild. He what, is using his full brain. I think we had this conversation before. What would your second language be that you want to learn? Um, I think I've talked about Spanish before. I don't know. It would be somewhere that I'd really want to go visit, I think, and then learn that language so that when I go there, mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, you would go there and you'd still fuck up. <laughs> you'd still <laughs> look like you didn't fit in. But Oh yeah, for sure. hundred percent. hundred percent. hundred. I'm going to be really conscious of that, that now because everyone talked about it. Yeah. And what's the other thing you always say? To be fair. To be fair. So Ben's 100%. To be fair. To be fair. Okay. So he would be described as someone incredibly intel intelligent, basically a genius, but a bit odd and eccentric to say the least, which would not be the first time a highly intelligent person would be described that way. Not all, but all, very often intelligent people struggle with social skills for a number of reasons. Yeah. It's, it's pretty normal for them to be abnormal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. I've met a few people like that and stuff, and it's it's fair. I mean, like, gosh, speaking thirteen languages, would you have time to do anything else? They probably don't even have time to be social, you know. Yeah. So, so Anatoly would become an expert in Celtic history and folklore, with some people believing that he had this interest in Celtic fol folklore. If I could speak, <laughs> was only a byproduct of his main interest of the occult. Oh, mm -hmm. he's got some interesting interests. He does actually. Yeah, the Big occult time. interests, folklore. Like there, there's some wild stories within all of those. Yeah, and we're really just getting started. He is, he is kind of interesting. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. we're talking about him in a podcast, so there is some interest within his story. Something there. <laughs> so he was a collector with over 60,000 books and documents in just his own personal library. Holy shit. That's a library a and a half. Yeah. I feel like I maybe have like 10 books. Wow. Maybe that's why I can't speak 13 languages. Well, we do live in a tiny home though. Touche. I actually had to get rid of a lot of books. I don't even know if we could fit 60,000 books in our tiny home. No. Well, I mean, some of them I said were documents, right? Oh, touche. So it could have just been papers or whatever. He wrote several books on the many languages he spoke and he helped translate an incredible amount of work for his fellow academics working in the field of linguistics. But perhaps more importantly, Anatoly wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Okay. In 2005, he was commissioned to write a summary and a complete list of the dead in over 70 or 700 cemeteries. Holy shit. In Nizhny Novgorod. And Anatoly jumped at the opportunity. Okay. Um, if I may ask, what's Nizhny Novgorod? So that's a city in Russia. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry if I if I butcher that pronunciation to anyone listening from Russia. Another language is what you're trying to speak. It would I be don't like, think it's going to be an issue. It would be like you all trying to pronounce. Coquitlam. Yeah. Or I was going to say Nanaimo. Some people have trouble with Nanaimo. Nanaimo. But Coquitlam for sure. Yeah. So maybe not everyone's cup of tea but it was necessary work that he needed to do or that they wanted him to do. I've heard of many people finding peace in graveyards, and I don't necessarily think that's an abnormal thing, but he liked his time in the graveyards. Graveyards are honestly a very peaceful place. They are. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue anyone who says they're creepy, they're weird. Sure, I'm not going to argue that. Very true. They very much so can. But be. more so at night. I feel like we used to live by one. 
kind of yeah. when we lived by Costco. And I used to kind of do a bit of running at that time. And I would love to run through the graveyard. And I know a lot of people thought that was so weird, but I was like, I actually run amazing in there. Yeah. It's, it's very, very peaceful. Yeah. It's so peaceful. A lot of people find peace in there. Well, I mean, theoretically, well, most people will eventually <laughs> find peace in one. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even going to, let's just move on. You know what I mean? So, okay. So Anatoly got to work doing a job that most people would have turned down. He had to work on foot, walking about 30 kilometers a day and make detailed reports of the grapes he visited, often sleeping on site, exposed to the elements, or if lucky, getting a hay bale to sleep on. And when he ran out of drinking water, he'd drink rainwater from puddles. From puddles. Ugh. Which I actually just hate because it's amazing that he didn't get freaking sick. Yeah, no could kidding. get sick from that. It's Rainwater not, is one thing, but yeah, from the puddle Not the from ground, a puddle. No. He also said he spent one night sleeping in a coffin. He obviously took his work very seriously. Wow. Some of the shit in this case, so I'm like, is this guy just making this up? Because that just seems weird. Because I think one article I read said the coffin was just there waiting to be filled the next day but that's not how it works i don't think because they don't bring the body to the cemetery they bring the body in the coffin to the cemetery you're as also, far as i know you're looking at a different country and that's a different true time, right maybe i should have googled that that is true but yeah as far as i know the body always came in the coffin but who knows as far as hollywood has taught us i mean i've never really had a dealing with how to put a body in a box and bury it See, I've gone to a few like funerals where it's open casket and oh, yeah, stuff, and so I'm assuming I. that the body stays in there, but yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, procedures nowadays are a lot different. This is 1960s? Um, well, this wouldn't it this would have been in the 2000s at this time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and I could imagine that, yeah, maybe not so much. But like you said, it is overseas and lots of countries in different areas of the world do things far differently, which is fine. Yeah. So when he was done this massive undertaking, Anatoly found work as a freelance journalist when he often and he where he often wrote stories about his experiences roughing it in the cemeteries that he did study. That was until November 2011 when Anatoly's name was in the paper for a totally different reason. Okay, and I'm assuming this is going to be where he's uh, (laughs) compiling some some bodies. Well, you shall see. You see, starting back in about 2009, reports of vandalized or reports of vandalized vandalism, vandalism, vandalism. Yeah. And sometimes even graves that had been completely emptied started coming into police. So people were being notified of this. Okay, yeah, I know where this is going. Anatoly was questioned, especially especially given his well-known work in around the local cemeteries. But he had a good reason to be there, and no one expected an academic like he was to be desecrating graves. That was until 2011, when he was literally caught doing so. By then, more reports were coming in, this time about Muslim graves being vandalized. And this time, it carried a heavier implication. A recent terrorist attack had people on edge and thinking this new wave of vandalism had a political or racial charged motive. The police had been keeping an eye on the Muslim cemeteries around the city, which is how they caught Anatoly in action, defacing a grave. And he was, of course, arrested. So when you say defacing a grave, what exactly was he doing to set grave? 
Well, I think... Or any of the graves when he was defacing them. because We're going to get into more detail about what he was doing. But in defacing, sometimes he would just take pieces of the grave. Oh. Like, I mean, I, you know how sometimes like graves have like a pitcher? Yeah. He or might like or something, take maybe. that off. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> As like a keepsake, I guess you could say. What a dick. Yeah. That is actually brutal. People who go and vandalize or do anything in cemeteries are terrible. Yeah, that that's like one of the fucking lowest things you can do. Uh, yeah, I really agree. Not one of the most horrific. Don't get me wrong there. There's a big difference. But one of the lowest. Yeah. Yeah. Unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. So still thinking that this was part of a hate crime, the police then went to his home where they uncovered more than they ever bargained for. Anatoly... 45 at the time, had never moved out of his family home. He very well lived alone, though, with his parents in a different country for a lot of the year, which left him to his own devices. And he managed to keep himself very busy, despite never being in a relationship that we know of. I have a feeling that keep very busy is <laughs> is an interesting very busy, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yeah, because I mean, like, if you're in a relationship, that shit, shit takes time. It so, I'm not going to lie. You take a lot of effort. Yeah. They take a lot of time, like a lot of time. <laughs> no, you specifically oh take a lot gosh, of effort. Oh my gosh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Try living with you, dude. I, I Trust me, I do. It's, <laughs> I'm not easy. I know. Okay. So the house was jam packed. As I mentioned, Anatoly was a collector with possibly a hoarding disorder, disorder as well. And that is my personal diagnosis because I saw some footage of the police like walking through his home and um, there was a lot of shit in that house. For a moment there, I thought you said that your personal diagnosis of yourself was that you're a Not hoarder. Not anymore. I feel like I used to be a slight you, hoarder. You weren't a hoarder. You were just a uh, eccentric collector of things. <laughs> of that things way. and of things. stuff. Stuff and things. Yes. So it was impossible to see the floor in places. So that, that to me, you know, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there. Well, technically it's impossible to see a floor with a rug on it. I guess, but there was, it was like clutter, an accumulation <laughs> yeah, of clutter in each room. But what got investigators was actually the smell. Well, here we go. I do know that a lot of places with like those extreme hoarding situations, there does tend to be a smell, but I have a feeling you're going on well, a different route with the smell. Yeah, and here. I think a lot of times the smell is from food too because i think sometimes they even have troubles throwing out food or like packaging that food was in yeah and right? it becomes filth well you can't clean with that much stuff yeah. everywhere too right yeah um and then there's a whole i've seen some with bathroom problems too so oh yeah okay oh with animals and stuff well animals and and uh actual individuals okay i think there was one that i saw where the actual individual kept their really excrements that that was one of their hoarding things oh my goodness i've never heard of that actually yeah that that's huh that's okay. um something so the house stank okay almost like something was rotting inside and the police wanted to figure out what that smell could be or where what it was coming from right oh and i just thought of another reason that a house could smell <laughs> sorry okay. i digress but um because it could very well be moisture buildup under a lot of these things, right? Mm -hmm. Mold issues, that mm. sort of thing. Very much so it could be Actually, a contributing yeah. factor. Oh, and just like breathing in that mold, that's so bad for you, hey? Yes. Okay. Wow. Wow. 
So while searching, no one's eating right now. I know. I can't. I actually, when I was researching this case, couldn't really eat. Lots of times I do like eat while I'm researching or watching true crime shit. And this one just, I couldn't for some reason, but it could have just been the day. It is gross too. Okay. Where were we? I'm just like all over the place. So while searching, they found documents and books on doll making and mummification. Yeah. And they also found. Okay. 26 life-size dolls just 26? hanging around. Some are on shelves. Some are on the floor. Hold on, hold on. Some are in the hold, garage. Hold on. 26. Yeah. 26 of them. Life-size dolls. Yeah. How many were human? It didn't take long to put two and two together. And the realization was horrifying. The dolls... They weren't actually dolls. They were the mummified remains of girls previously deceased who had already been laid to rest and then dug up. Fuck. All 26 of them. All 26. Oh, my God. That is a lot of mummified humans. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even imagine going into that room and discovering that. Because dolls alone are creepy. Oh, yeah. Right? And these were kind of... um. How would you describe them? Vintage? I don't know. They looked. I don't even know where I'm going with what this. What was that gesture? I don't know. I'm like, they looked kind of olden days-ish, right? And so that would be creepy enough. And then when you find out that they're literally like they were people. Oh, my goodness. So the girls were women ranged in age from three to 25 years old. And so a lot of reports do say I think it was three to 12 or three to 13 years old. But then a lot of them say, most, the majority of them say they ranged from 25, which I find harder to believe. You think that they would be more so younger girls. But anyway, the majority said three to 25 years old. Wow. Ugh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, children. Yes. Girls, young, young girls. Um, children. Some of these are children. Yeah. Infants, even. I think a three-year-old would probably be considered toddler. Toddler. Yeah, toddler. An infant's probably like zero to one. Yeah. So remember when I mentioned back in about 2009 reports of vandalized and sometimes even graves that had been completely emptied? Mm -hmm. Well, that was Anatoly. Surprise. Yeah, Anatoly. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. (laughs) Back at the police station, the investigators were left asking one simple question, a question that usually gets asked. Why? Yeah, of course. They wanted to know why Anatoly had done this, and he had some surprising answers for them. Okay, what did he have to say? When Anatoly was only a boy, he'd spent his time after school wandering the local cemeteries, examining graves and becoming more and more interested in the dead. According to himself, and even an article he wrote, um, on one of those trips Anatoly had taken as a boy through the local cemetery, he actually interrupted a funeral. The funeral had been for an 11-year-old girl. And in their grief, her surviving relatives had set upon Anatoly. See that? No, I'm going to just carry on and we'll talk about it after. Okay. So he wrote, An adult pushed my face down to the waxy forehead of the girl in an embroidered cap. And there was nothing I could do but kiss her as ordered. I kissed her once, then again, then again. According to Anatoly, the girl's mother 
then put a wedding ring on his finger that matched the one on the girl's body. And the two of them were officially married. What? What? Like, does that not? Okay, I have trouble believing that shit. Like, that almost seems something like made up to me. Could you imagine being a young boy? You're walking through the cemetery. There's happens to be a funeral of someone maybe relatively the same age as you. The family brings you over to this funeral and forces you to kiss their deceased kid. That sounds like someone's dream they had. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And sometimes I've actually had this happen to me before where I forget, oh, shit, actually, I dreamed that. Yeah. And I mean, like, to be fair, to be fair, oh um, people are fucked up. Not saying that this couldn't happen, but. It doesn't make any sense, though. It's it's fucked up. Like, it's, you would be grieving. Why would you want this random child just kissing your deceased kid? Like that, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense, no. But like I said. It could have happened. It could happen. It totally could have happened. Do I think it happened? I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe there's more to this story. I don't know. But I'm, I'm leaning towards the, the fiction side of things on yeah. this. I mean, really, I feel like he's the only one that knows. I'm, I'm thinking so. If this happened when so, he was a kid. Yeah. So he went on to explain in his article, my strange mar- marriage, the little girl's name was Natasha. So my strange marriage. How did he know her name? I don't know. I bet you anything that he would have later gone back and visited that grave. Oh, okay. For sure. So I could see him knowing the name. So he said, my strange marriage with Natasha was useful. He cited it as the reason behind his belief in magic and his fascination with the dead, which were two of the reasons behind him going on to study Celtic history and folklore. And the occult even? Probably, yeah. During his studies, Anatoly had found out about the ins- or out the ancient Druid beliefs in communicating with the dead. Druid Druids would sleep on the graves of the dead in order to speak with them. And while Anatoly was out documenting the graves, he started doing the same thing. Mm. He had his reasons too. He supposed or his supposed marriage to Natasha aside, he'd never been married. But that didn't mean that Anatoly didn't want to start a family. He at one point applied to an adoption agency to try to adopt a daughter, but his application had been denied. According to the agency, Anatoly didn't make enough money to support a child, and the agency must have thought that was that and moved on. But after his failed application, Anatoly began keeping an eye on obituaries especially those involving young children. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I just, I had a joke. I can't remember where I heard it before and I was going to make it, but as soon as you said young children, I'm like, no, I'm not going to make that joke. Because it changes it. <laughs> it changes it. Okay. It changes the joke. Everyone's going to want to know what the joke okay, is now. The joke is, I can't remember where I heard it from. I think it might have been um, Explosum. You know, those those web comics that are really like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, adult oriented. Yeah. Um. The joke was not obituary. You mean hot obituary? Oh, that was the, that was the joke. But as soon as you mentioned children, that threw that. Um, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so once the funeral was over and the girls were buried, Anatoly would spend the night sleeping on top of their graves and waiting for them to speak to him. According to him, he would ask them, 
if they wanted a second chance to live. And if they did, he would dig them up and take them home. See, I have a problem with this. I mean, outside, <laughs> I, I outside saw you right obvious. away. You're just like you're moving your mic. You're like, no, I got uh, this isn't right. Outside of the obvious of digging someone up and taking them home. Outside of that. Why the fuck is he just going to the obituaries and sleeping on top of a grave to try and communicate with the dead to find a spouse? Not a spouse, babe. A child. Oh, okay, a child. Oh, oh. So that, the adoption agencies oh. did not let him adopt a kid, rightfully yeah. so. And so this is his way of getting a child. Okay. See, I was thinking we we're going the necrophilia route. That oh, no. Like, this oh, we're going to make a child. Much to your disbelief, this doesn't yeah, have that. You and your necrophilia. <laughs> it doesn't have it in there. Okay. You and your necromancy. How's that? It doesn't have it. This is a child. Necromancy. Oh, gosh. Whatever. I know. After after I picked this case, I didn't even realize. You were like, really? Yeah. More dead, dead people being <laughs> dug up. Way to go. Oh, my God. But I just, there are a billion and one ways. I mean, it makes more sense. Not that I'm advocating this. It makes more sense to go and steal a child than digging up a deceased one. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yes, I feel like stealing a child. I don't know. They're both terrible. But like, I mean, the other one is alive still, right? And like. Yeah, but then he has a live child rather than a dead one. Yeah, but no one would want him to have a live child. The only thing I can see on why he would go this route, which it is a plausible explanation, but it's a stretch in my opinion, is him seeing himself as so much of an outsider that he's finding someone else who is just as desperate as him, a.k.a. someone who is deceased, who wants a second chance at life. They just want a family again. They want to be alive. They don't want to be in the ground. So a desperate person looking for a desperate person. Yeah. That's the only thing I can see. Um, I also just need to know, would you rather me do a case about a spouse killing their spouse? Honestly, at this point, kind of. <laughs> I do maybe, a lot of maybe. those too, though. You do. You really do. Um, okay. Where are we here? So um, Anatoly didn't know. Oh, okay. I see where the fuck we are. Sorry. I'm just like, where are we? So Anatoly didn't know how to bring them back to life. And he knew that he'd have to wait a while for science to find a way to do it for him. So he feels like he's listening to these girls. They want to come back to life. He wants to bring them back to life, but he feels like, I guess, science needs to catch up. So he's taking them home with him. Right? And then he realizes that he needs to preserve the girls' bodies until science is at that point, which it still isn't. Okay. So, so he began researching ways to mummify them. I feel like you're just like... Because... <laughs> His theory is there, but practicality, it makes no fucking sense. Because just because you have 
the body, the skin, the bones. That doesn't mean you have the person. I know. You're not preserving their brain. You're not preserving their heart. They're not, You're not preserving their consciousness or essence. All. Nothing. They're really not being preserved at all. It's on the most super, superficial level that he is um, capturing who they are. Yeah. So he settled on the solution of salt and baking soda, covering their hands, feet, and sometimes their face with cloths to cover their decomposition when it didn't always work. Oh, God. And then he began looking after them. He made them eyes so that they could watch cartoons with him. He painted the masks or the masks over their face with nail polish. He stuffed musical boxes and mementos from the graves inside them so they made noises when he would go to play with them. Jesus. Mm-hmm. What did he fucking stuff in their eye sockets to give them eyes? Buttons. Holy shit. Lots of times. <laughs> buttons. It was buttons. Fucking buttons. <laughs> Anyone else out there thinking of Coraline, the other mother right now? Oh, so buttons or um, I think sometimes he did put doll eyes in there too. Holy so. shit. Okay. They, okay. I can go on a whole other tangent here with this, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I wonder if anyone's going to comment how we say buttons. Button. Because <laughs> I feel like people, especially me, have said that I say button really like cutely or but, weirdly. Button. Button, little button. Button. So they celebrated the holidays and even the girls' birthdays together, but it wasn't all happy family. Some of the girls turned on him and Anatoly didn't like that. Ben, your face there. Stop with the face. They turned on him. They turned on him. Okay. They They were still a family. They were still his daughters, but they weren't allowed in the house anymore. Anatoly banished them to the garage. And that was where the police found several of the mummified remains when they arrested him in 2011. All right. All right. I can't. Okay, I, this nothing about this is funny whatsoever. But your facial expressions right now, I just can't even look at you because I can't even fucking believe this dude. Like it's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. It's very absurd. Like you said, the police wanted to know why, and this is his why. Like mm-hmm. what? Yeah. The I don't know how to put it in words. Um, the disorders or condition that this individual has to do this sort of thing and think this way. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. It's, it's baffling to me, but to say, the I least. can tell it's very baffling to you. So Anatoly was charged with the desecration of graves and dead bodies, which would have landed him apparently a maximum sentence of five years. If he was found guilty, That's which, it? which does not seem like enough. But it was pretty clear that he was guilty, and something else was pretty clear too. Anatoly was sent for a psychiatric evaluation. Rightfully so. His parents claimed that he was fine. His parents actually, like, I don't know if I've put this in here, but they didn't think anything was wrong. They just thought that he liked to collect dolls. They didn't realize that they were human. Okay. They didn't realize they were human. They just thought that he kind of, his hobby was like... I don't know if they thought he made them or what, which dolls is sure. fine. Is Go fine. for it. They're not dolls, mom. You know They're those? action figures. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you know this about me, but do you know those like porcelain dolls? Yeah. I used to collect some of those. Yeah, I know. You had some. Oh shit. That's so embarrassing. And you still married me. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. 
You also I collected think, Beanie Babies and purses. Okay, Beanie Babies makes sense because that was like going to be my life savings. Yeah, that does not make sense. Okay, so his call, his colleagues at the newspaper said he was eccentric and a bit quirky, but he wasn't capable of doing something like this. So like people close to him, this was shocking. But the evaluation came back with very different results. Anatoly was diagnosed as having paranoid schizophrenia. And his doctor said that he was unfit to stand trial. That makes total sense. It does. It uh, does. Because he's literally putting voices, personalities, and everything to these uh, remains of these individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he was therefore also determined to not be criminal liable for his crimes, oh, even no. though in his interview with the police, he admitted that he'd known and understood that what he was doing was illegal, but he'd done it anyway. Anyway, he explained that the girls had been calling to him from beyond the grave, and he thought that it was more important to help them than it was to follow the law. I believe that. Yeah. I 100% believe that. Like you almost, you almost feel a little bit bad for him. I do. I, yeah. I wholeheartedly feel bad for him. Yeah. For sure. Because I believe that he has this paranoid schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked to individuals before who have schizophrenia and it's a very real situation. There's one individual um, who I talked to before. He literally saw people like a fucking person there in his room. Oh, wow. Talking to him. And he, he would have to like. Throw, that wasn't there. Yeah. He'd have to throw an object at them to see if he hit them to see if they were real. Oh, my goodness. See, that's scary. That's it scary. Is. And so someone who's dealing with this sort of thing. Yeah, they would definitely say, OK, these people are really talking to me They're It's a real situation. He legitimately believed that he was helping them. Yeah. And in I his head. Right. So I feel bad for him because of that. Yeah. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do feel for him. So he said, um, "Okay, where was I?" Not that he's the weird one. The situation is weird. Having to deal with that, thinking of talking to a dead person, is weird. oh yeah. No, I mean yeah. I'm not saying he's weird. Anyone for that kind of doesn't have this mental illness, that's terrifying, right? Yep. So, um, so he said this right before he told the police that he'd started bringing the girls home before speaking with them. Because he was getting old and it was getting harder for him to sleep on top of the graves. He said he'd started sleeping next to them at home and hoped that being inside would actually help them feel more comfortable communicating with him. But who knows if it actually did. He also rounded up the whole interview. See this, there is some bullshit stuff in here. So he rounded up the whole interview by telling the police not to bother burying, burying the girls too deeply because he was going to dig them back up as soon as he was released anyway. Yeah. See, that's bullshit. That is. So back to his evaluation. Anatoly suffered from a form of paranoid schizophrenia and was unfit to stand trial, but he was also unfit to be released back to the public. He was sentenced to a psychiatric hospital to retrieve receive treatment until he was either well enough to go to court or be released. In 2013, his stay was extended. It continued to be extended until 2018. This was when his doctors claimed that Anatoly was no longer a danger to society and petitioned to have him released. He would still be receiving care and would have to live at home with his parents, 
but he'd be free and able to roam the streets again. This came on top of a petition from Anatoly's lawyers who claimed that Anatoly almost unbelievably was requesting to leave the facility because he wouldn't, they wouldn't let him get married. Someone somewhere, with his face plastered all over the news for his horrible crimes, a 25-year-old linguistics student had seen something in him that she liked. She and Anatoly had become pen pals, and through the years, they had turned that into a friendship, which had then turned into a romantic interest. But that was about as far as they could go when Anatoly was still in a psychiatric hospital and considered to have a mental illness. <laughs> no comments there? I do have comments there. I'm just waiting for you. I mean, we have covered cases where this sort of thing happens. It seems like people sometimes almost get an obsession with some a criminal when they go to jail and stuff, right? Yeah. Well, and actually, I don't know if you realized how much this has been paralleling uh, the Greyhound bus murder, the, the beheading. No, I, I, I can't remember the individual, but he was schizophrenic, did not take his medication, had the incident on the, on the bus, was hearing voices and all this shit. Yeah. Went to court, was cr not criminally negligent, went to psychiatric care, and was eventually released. And there was an outcry from the public over it. Now, he brutally murdered someone mm -hmm. and was willingly off his medication. Mm -hmm. The difference between that and this, this individual didn't harm any living person living Technically, person but still he harmed the loved ones yes very much so he desecrated graves yeah and it was emotional damage to loved ones not that that's not a crime however physically everyone can still walk and talk and go about with their day you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so i believe this is a classic case where someone can be rehabilitated and be reintroduced into society wholeheartedly. I do. I believe he should be released on certain conditions, medication, care, checkups. Definitely you fucking not allowed to go to graveyards. Heck no. Yeah. Or really be around like children probably. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And if anything of those is breached, then he's going back into care. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my thoughts. Um, I don't think that anyone is undeserving of love, whether you commit a horrific crime or not. I really don't because that could bring you out of whatever dark place you were in. Mm -hmm. So these two finding each other, Hey, good for them. I if, mean, there was quite an age difference between them. Yeah. If, so. if fucking Charles Manson found his bride, his, his fucking, his one. Hey, good for Charles, Man Charles Manson. I'm glad he has someone. He's still a fucking piece of shit, mm -hmm. but hey, he's got someone. Maybe it'll better him. Yeah. I mean, sometimes actually love can better people. Yeah. It can make it, sometimes it can make them worse too. So, so there's a flip side to everything. It's interesting that someone can find that in someone. Yeah. I hey. mean, it would have been on her to reach out to him, right? Yeah. And beauty is in the eye of the beholder one way or another. So I think there was I have some, nothing to say on that. There were some articles as well that said that she had even gone to his trial. So yeah, I mean, hey, good for them. So yeah, he had reached out to his lawyers. Um, he wanted to move to Moscow and marry his girlfriend. Um, of course, the victim's families shared their concerns with the press, putting on the pressure to keep him locked up. And before anyone knew it, 
Anatoly's petition was under consideration once again. Mm -hmm. Though it was ultimately determined that Anatoly's stay at the hospital would be extended and he would not be released. And so as far as I can tell, that's where he still is today. But sometimes I feel like, especially in situations like this, they may be released and not even be notified. Yeah. The public too, right? Because he could be in danger if he is put out. So, Mm -hmm. but as far as I can tell, he still is away for now. I think the best case scenario would be that he does not ever get a full release. I think Mm, like it's day passes. Like, hey, you can go out, do your thing with all these stipulations. You have to check in. You have someone follow you, whatever. And you leave at eight, you're back by four. Something yeah. like that or nine to five, whatever, right? Yeah. Like I definitely think being out in the daylight would be better if he was kind of not out at night because at night you could kind of get away with things in graveyards more so, right? Yeah. And so, like you say, not around children or anything because yeah. he clearly has a thing with children. And if grave robbing didn't work, hey, maybe abducting would. Oh my gosh. So we would want to make sure that there are all those risks taken care of. Yeah. So this is kind of my thought here, Okay. So I do think in rare instances, people who have committed crimes do have the power to change and be rehabilitated. But for that to happen, I think remorse for their actions does need to be shown. Yes. And Anatoly doesn't have any remorse for his actions. Okay. If he doesn't, then yeah. He refuses to apologize to the victim's families. In 2020, he said, these girls are girls. There are no parents in my view. I don't know any of them. Besides, they buried their daughters, and this is where I believe their rights over them finished. So no, I would not apologize. Okay, yeah, he's, uh, lock him up. One more. Earlier, he told the parents, you abandon your girls in the cold, and I brought them home and warmed them up. Which honestly makes my blood, like, boil yeah like that's brutal it is his and this is years after he did this shit too he's not over his schizophrenia he's still got this point of view of they are talking to me they need my help and i'm going to bypass the law and clearly these parents to do so yeah so if he can ever get over that then i may advocate for him to potentially be released on certain terms If he can't, yeah, wholeheartedly agree with you. Because, I mean, initially he basically was like, don't bury them too deeply. Now he's not apologizing to the family and he's basically accusing them for leaving them in the cold. Like, that's not okay. That's not okay. He needs to have remorse for what he's done, in my opinion. Definitely. Definitely. Why did you let me go on a rant like that saying I fucking advocate for him? And then you're like, actually, he's a piece of shit. (laughs) And I'm just like, wow, well, now I feel like a complete douche canoe. Thanks. (laughs) That's not, I had to let you get your words out, right? Yeah, but all I needed to do is let you talk for another minute and my whole theories and shit would have changed. Well, anyway, I'm sure people enjoyed it. (laughs) So rightfully so, the victim's families claim that there'll be no peace for them if he does ever get released. Um, One of the victims, I feel like it was one of the first victims, she was age 10 um, when Anatoly dug her up. And this little girl had been murdered. So to say that her family had already been through enough would be an understatement. Her mother didn't realize that on a regular basis, she was visiting her daughter's grave, but yet her daughter's remains were no longer there. She's been quoted to say, 
I am also very afraid that he will go back to the old ways. I have no faith in his recovery. He's a fanatic. She fears he will find her daughter once again, and they will have to do this all over again, go through this hell all over again. She said, my health is failing me, and I don't think I can face this. I do not want tragic events. Life is tough anyway now. She has consistently been opposed to his release and would be happy to know he will spend his life in the hospital forever. That is what she wants. And then Anatoly's parents have also suffered. Apparently, they now have to live in isolation with a community that has turned on them. The wife even suggested they perhaps kill themselves, but her husband refused. They're both in unhealthy states. Wow. So, I mean... That's the other thing. This has affected people, even his parents, in such horrible ways. And but yet he's not really like remorseful. So is he healed? Like, is he actually rehabilitated? Uh, No, if he's not remorseful, he's not. And that's that's the key. He needs to get the help he needs to get there. And if he can't get that help or he can't get there, then that's a boundary he's never going to be able to overcome. Yeah. And I, I just... At the end there, when you were talking about his parents, I just realized the uh, the irony in this whole case. <clears throat> because he's talking about um, wanting to have a family, wanting to find children, right? Mm-hmm. Bring them home, and he wants to be the best for his children. So he wants a family, yet he turned his back on his actual family. He wants yeah. the perfect children, and yet he was probably the worst of what a child could be. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, for many years, he probably was okay. But it's like, I can't imagine what they're going through now. But his relation, his acts as a child drove his parents to have a conversation of if they should kill themselves or not. Yeah. What kind of child is that? Yeah. That's really sad. Maybe he should have thought about what he was like as a child to his parents before he was looking for his own. Well, I mean, I one of the articles did say they were still living in that same spot. So the parents do need to probably move. But I mean, they would be old. They would be quite older at this time too. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. That's a case and a half. I had a lot of opinions on that one. Sorry you, for that. You <laughs> did actually have a lot of opinions. And sorry, I feel like I fumbled a little bit, but I have some pain in my neck that I'm dealing with. And some it was pain distract. In your neck. I had a mole removed today and it's actually like hurting. I should have taken some ibuprofen. You should have. So. You have. You have, you have liquid courage. Yeah. That help? Ben, at one point, I just stopped and Ben's like, just take take a second. And I just like took a giant swig of my drink. chugged half the can. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting when you have like a little distraction, how it can distract you even more. You know? Yeah. No, I, I get that. Like uh, out of the corner of my eye, I just see a little, little husky. A little honeybee. little honey curled up, sleeping away. She's so sweet. It's ridiculous. And she's fitting to her family great. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous how well she's fitting in here. Yeah. If you are part of our Patreon or anything like that or social media, I think you put it on Instagram a couple of times even. Once, um, I think. Yeah, we've only put one post. A okay. lot. That was something actually in the giveaway. A lot of people want to see more and hear more about the dogs. Yeah. But if you might have seen them snuggling. Um, but people also, we also asked our patrons what sort of stuff they want to see over on Patreon a little more. They really want to see like vlogs. So mm-hmm. behind the scenes, like video more of that. So those are going to be coming down the pipe here pretty quick, I think. I well, just need to get Nicole to be ready in front of the camera. Okay, well, two things. First of all, today you had some freaking facial reactions that were unbelievable. And I'm <laughs> sure people would probably have loved to see those. But also, lots of times when we're podcasting, like I look like a piece of shit. Well, so no, then I have to like 
look nice. Well, like and presentable all the time. I'm talking vlogs right now. Oh, okay. we don't have the cameras set up positioned for like actual filming podcasts just yet. Hopefully in a few months to come, maybe um, that's in the near future. At least we don't know. But for now, we can definitely do vlogs for sure. Okay. Yeah. Will vlogs we be doing, and live streams, maybe that sort of stuff. Will we be doing a vlog when we go to Tofino? Oh, 100%. Because I think we've already 100%. mentioned this, but we're bringing, <laughs> we're bringing both puppers with us, which yeah. is going to be a shit show and a half. Yeah, that'll be fun. Because it's literally about a 13 or 14 hour drive for us to get there. Yep. With two young huskies yeah we are stopping overnight on the way there and back we are yeah we are we're not being total assholes to them um, but we got to stop by tacofino we got to put another sticker on the truck oh yeah if you guys are ever into fino and you stop by the food truck tacofino it's covered in stickers there's currently nicole was there last summer and put a sticker of jacko on the side when i had put a sticker on um at the brewery there too oh that's on the right. door yeah we should uh maybe put the um do we the have gothic gothic and grim one do we have stickers right now we got a few i think kicking around okay wait, or if not we better get some order here yeah i guess eh holy shit holy shit indeed <laughs> <laughs> okay well anyway thanks so much for listening to this freaking roller coaster yeah, it wasn't we, quite as bad as the donnelly's you know uh you didn't say orgasms too instead bad of organism so shit yeah i should have threw that in there next time next time on wicked and grim <laughs> nicole says orgasm every five seconds <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, that would be a case and a half. Wow. Um, but yeah, so we appreciate you guys being here. You guys literally make this an absolutely incredible experience for us. I know every every podcast episode, I'm always thanking you, saying how awesome you are. But, but we really actually mean it. We do. It's not a scripted segment. We just, we say it because we mean it. And I always say it because Nicole is always at a loss for words. And she just looks to me to say it because I'm better with it, I guess. Well, I don't know. You just kind of have. Okay, you say it. You give us a wrap up this time. Oh, okay. The wrap ups are hard because you legitimately do them every time. Yeah, but I just say it. So you you just said I just do it. So oh, you man. can just do it. Go go for it. I okay. believe in you. Well, now I feel like I'm being tested. But honestly, Under pressure. we literally do appreciate every one of you, whether you're like a patron or a listener. We just appreciate you. And you can find us on the website. I don't even know what our website is. Instagram, Facebook. Um youtube the wicked what are we the wicked life the wicked life <laughs> okay <laughs> you're doing great keep going oh my gosh i don't even know how you end this so anyway if you want to learn more about us find us on facebook instagram you can gmail us we have <laughs> do you want me to just do it you can gmail us all right i got it i got it you did great next time maybe next time okay, okay next time i'll nail it okay okay we appreciate you guys. You guys are absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for being here. Um, if you want to check out any of our social media, link down below. We have Instagram, Facebook, website, YouTube, you name it. You can, of course, Gmail us. <laughs> I send us an the email. Link below shit. <laughs> um, you can give us a rating on Spotify. You can give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way. We seriously appreciate it. And like we already talked about at the beginning of this episode, there will be another exclusive episode being dropped on Patreon this very day. And there's a whole library over there you can check out. Exactly. A lot of behind the scenes you can go check out there or you can just stay here. Just keep listening to episodes like this and next one too, because we appreciate you all just the same. No matter how you support us, it means the world. So thank you. Good God. Good work. See, that's the problem. It's like your job. I'm just like here as a prop. This is like your job. It's my job. Like you're just good at this shit. I'm I, I'm just talking. 
just saying things. Anyway, Ben's awesome. You're awesome. We're all awesome. And until next time. No, you're all wicked. Wickedly awesome. Until next time. Stay wicked. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.